Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander. That's Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. And we're rolling along here with a four-game slate for you on Thursday here in the NBA. Coming off of a massive 14-gamer on Wednesday where we went a total of 5-4 and four on the night. Up plus 0.4 units on that one. 2-2 two and two in best bets. 3-2 and two in play of props. As we move forward here on the season, Nate, we're 34-31. and 31. We are up 3.25 units. So we're feeling good. After about a week and a half or so, still learning, obviously. Uh, also, just continue to want, want to tell you to continue to follow along. Uh, in this video, we're going to have best bets. Also, have our play of props up for you each and every weekday. So, do subscribe to this page. Like the video if you would as well. Also, head to thelines.com if you're looking for some great content right now on the site. Also, have the odds finder tool up there. You can use that to make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books that are giving us bets this NBA season. Nate, let's roll right into your first pick here for November the 2nd. Well, let's take a quick pause first and and recognize that the Celtics have been annihilating worlds, the Wizards and Pacers most recently, and that they're plus 155 to have the top overall record in the NBA, which, you know, minus 150 to, to get the East first conference, the Eastern Conference number one seed. And then I look at that flip plus 150. I don't think there's a Western Conference team that can that can run the gauntlet as well, given the discrepancy in conferences. I think you bet the Celtics right now and hope that none of their amazing starting five gets hurt. Because if they don't, this is just an absolute wagon. Like, there's nobody stopping this team right now. Uh, and that is four games in, getting completely over my skis. But really, it's more about fading the rest of this top East right now because the Bucks look like trash. Um, and <laughs> the Sixers are pretty good. They do. And, and... Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like... You, you you're saying plus 150 is to win the title and no not take to win the title the minus 150 to come out of the most right regular now? season wins oh. to be the number one overall seed thank you yeah um but the sixers do look pretty good. good and so that's our segue to tonight because we're looking at a huge rest advantage for the sixers as they host the raptors my angle is initially a same game parlay uh, Embiid 25 points, Maxi 25 points, and then Scotty Barnes to to keep doing what he's been doing. 15 points, eight boards for the Raptors gets you plus 300 at FanDuel. The reasoning is pretty clear with the Sixers that they're just a two man offense right now with the trade pieces still in transit. Uh, that they're on huge extra rest. They last played on Sunday. Maxi is up to a 26% usage rate, 150 offensive rating. Another futures look right now is to get him for most improved player of the year. Uh, preseason thought maybe Mikel Bridges would stay that course, but you know he's kind of plateaued, it seems. Maxi is on the rise. He's been a matchup problem for these Raptors going back to last season. Dropped two big games in October. Um, you know, one without Embiid, one with both Embiid and Harden. Now without Harden. Obviously, much bigger usage, much more reliable role. And he just dropped, what, 34 when these teams played last week. Embiid also dropped 34. Don't really need to get anyone to back the MVP. But, he, I mean, he's he's actually leading the NBA in usage this year so far, 37.5%. And, you know, extra rest is, is, is when he posted his highest usage rate last season, 38.5% when he got at least two days off going into this one. Scotty Barnes, your early candidate for fantasy basketball MVP based on the value, like fourth round pick who's just filling it up, playing as many minutes as he can handle under new coach Darko. 
while Pascal Siakam has kind of seen a lowered usage, lower playmaking, it's really been Scotty with the rebounds, with the assists, um, you know, in a very reliable role in terms of peripheral stats. He's averaging 21 points, 10 rebounds, five and a half assists, and and his usage rate is up. I, I mean, it's a little concerning, I guess, with the, with the wraps on a back to back here, but. Barnes, his numbers did kind of diminish last year on those back-to-backs, but different situation, like I said, with with the Siakam, you know, seeing a 5% lower usage rate, and he has came, come to play against Philly his last two, 26.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, shooting nearly 70% from the floor. Uh, there's something that, that Coach Darko has done to unlock his offense a little bit, 15 points is pretty conservative for a guy who you'd think could get 20 here as long as this game remains competitive. And the Sixers, you know, the second worst rebounding team in the league last year, they're 22nd so far this year, also 27th in free throws allowed. So I think there should be some points to be had for Barnes as he tries to, to keep Toronto in it. No problems with any of it. Uh, I, I would say, if anything, a little bit conservative with Maxi, but I, I suppose the the Raptors are going to be good at better at guarding the perimeter than some of the teams that he's played en route to Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week for the first one of the season. He he is definitely going to be the beneficiary of that James Harden departure, and that's why his most improved player odds got nuked entirely because they went from about plus fourteen hundred right before the James Harden trade down to two to one right after it. I'm sure they're still dropping a little bit. Everybody I sp- spoke to or hit me up on text was like, ah, "I gotta keep hitting this maxi most improved player." And by the time it got like down to five to one or below, I was like, "I'm kind of out on that." But your your reasoning is solid uh, everywhere as well. I would also say the interesting thing about the Scotty Barnes and let's say OG Ananobi almost as like his running mate in this offense right now is that they're number one in the league in fast break points. Um, and they are still playing at a really slow pace. One of the slowest, uh, possibly the slowest in the entire league right now, yet they're still getting out on the fast break because Scotty Barnes is a one man fast break. He's your, your typical get it and go uh, size player, style player, etc. So that was always going to be, I think, the case this season for them was like it's Scotty's time kind of thing, and, and like we really want him to to take over and and justify his fourth round pick. So I think the usage will continue to be there for him. I don't think there's some weird fluky thing. I'm sure he got better since last season, but I also think they're just putting him in a position where it's like, all right, it's your time to shine, and and this is his, what third year he's, ta- he's taking advantage of that. So uh, I'm with all that. I'm going to stick in this game for my first bet as well and talk about the over. In it, I think it's we've got an opportunity to get a good over on two fourteen and a half. Which, like, they either go over by a solid ten points in this, or they go under by a solid ten points in this matchup. So I'm going to keep the over as as my bet in this one, though. Philly, they just pick up the pace without Harden. I think I think this game would have gone over in their last matchup that that they when they played uh, last week if um, if Toronto hadn't shot like complete duty uh, in that game and in this game. At Philly, I think they'll, they actually do shoot they shoot just fine on the road. Um, not, not really much of a sample size this season yet, but back to the pace. 100 pace without Harden last season for the Philadelphia 76. Or, uh, excuse me, this year they have 100 pace. Last year when they had James Harden, they, they ran at a 95 pace. So do with that what you will. I mean, in the games they didn't have Harden last season, they ran at a 98 pace. So I, I think it's that's going to be more of their floor is the 98 and up to 100. Everybody's playing fast at the beginning of the season, as we know, so it's not super indicative. But the offense is still super 
efficient for Philly. And and that's a huge part of what I'm banking on is their ability to continue to score against this team that will always struggle against defending senders. And that's why Embiid will continue to eat, as you mentioned, some of his numbers. And, and I, would, I don't know if you mentioned exactly, but the, the last eight games that he's played against them, we're talking about 29 points per game uh, in nine boards and four assists in, in his last eight averages, uh, his last eight games. That, those are his averages. So Throw who you want out there. Precious to is not even going to play in this game, by the way. If that matters, like at least it is one more big body that they don't have for JoJo. Uh, so I think that they're just going to have to keep up with the pace of them. And the way they know that the way that they're going to be able to score the Raptors is by getting out in transition uh, and getting to the rim early in, in possessions. And, and that's going to be super helpful to keep the pace up, even if the 76ers you know, want to go into to Joel and get him down there to like do his thing. There's still, there's still going to be plenty of opportunity for Maxi who, Averages 30 points a game so far, and a lot of those are on fast break, and a, reason, uh, a good reason that Philly's got much more fast break points than they did last year. Five more fast point fast break points per game right now than they had last year. They also averaged that many more when they did not have James Harden last year. So you get what I'm saying. This year is already a solid indication of an extension of last year without James Harden, what this team looks like, the pace that they play at. No more P.J. Tucker either, I would add. Not that he's like super terrible for pace, um, but he's not like helping it either, right? He's not getting up the floor. If anything, it's just a, a good rebounder. But um, I, I think that the, the fact that they can't stop JoJo, and I, I'll talk about some guys from this game as well for Toronto that I'd like to be able to get some stats. Uh, I, I think this game goes over the 214. Yeah, I mean, as long as Toronto has gas in the tank after being... Um the Bucks last night. I mean, these teams did meet with Toronto on a back-to-back last week, and it did go over this total. It might not have gone over the implied total for that game, but mm. 221 was the total. So I, I think right. you're spot on in just saying, like, look, James Harden at this point in his career is going to lead to more unders than overs. Like, he's going to take the air out of the ball and just wind down the shot clock and then, you know, maybe take a lot of bad step-back threes and just ruin the entire space and flow and enjoyment of watching the damn game get this man off our coast uh and over to the west coast um that was that was no we don't want unexpected him. anger uh about james harden i'm but it this is a similar situation i think for my second pick um you know because i'm thinking maybe you just want the sixers over based on that um because the raptors are on back to back because the sixers are so well rested and i'm taking the jazz over over 111 and a half um, even though they're the ones on a back-to-back here against Orlando. But, I mean, it's similar in the sense that Orlando's an offense I'm not really willing to trust, but the Jazz at home, after a, an impressive win, uh, I do trust. Um, you know, they just dropped 79 in the first half against Memphis last night. They are a very good half-court offense right now. Average and, and at home, like the discrepancy is huge in this small sample size early, scoring 122 at home with a 101 and a half pace versus a 97 pace in their two roadies so far this year. Orlando on a four on the fourth game of a West Coast trip, um, you know, got to be a little tired. And th- this was a situation where they did actually get into some higher scoring games last year. They went 20 and 10 to the over against the West last year. They they gave up 118 to the Clippers, not necessarily the highest scoring team at all. I mean, they, they've been building on defense. And then the Lakers, when they were on a back-to-back, only got 106 against the Magic. Um, I think a lot of that is just they went 8 for 27 from 3. They're also a very old team on a back-to-back. The Jazz are a very young team. And and they, I mean, didn't have to play very much last night because the Memphis Grizzlies cannot buy a win. They were out of it early, and no starter played over 28 minutes. So you got 
Laurie Markkinen, well-rested. He last year averaged 30 points per game with 27 free throws in two meetings with the Magic. The team shot 61 free throws against the Magic. They averaged 121.5 points per game. Despite, you know, not great three-point shooting, there's room for improvement there. Uh, in their last six meetings against the, this Magic team, which has always been kind of slow scoring and, and bruised, they're averaging about 120. Um, and, and their only loss being in Orlando. So Utah, third in assists, six and threes this year. And their D is just not that great either. You know, the, the game state should be good because they're they're giving up the six most free throws. They're dead last in opponents' two-point shooting. Love Paolo Bancaro to kind of snap out of his little funk here. Get Orlando some points. Uh, I don't hate the over for the entire game, which is 221, but I'm just going to bank on the home team holding up their end of the bargain by getting over that 111 mark. I think they're right. They're, that's that's right. Everything you're saying about the Jazz here. Uh, the, I mean, the, the Magic are playing mucky, muck it up ball, but yeah, we saw the Clippers able to score on them. Not that this Jazz offense is the Clippers, but you put the Jazz at home, and I would say that the offense is, is definitely not as efficient as the, the capabilities of the Clippers, but they were going to try to put up more points in the Clippers in the first place. So that's going to be a big reasoning for why you, you like them over 111 and a half. This went over uh, last year. I, I believe you mentioned that as well when, when they faced off in uh, Utah, which is where you want to take the Jazz when you, you're taking an over on their points for sure. So uh, I'm going to take Jakob Pertl over 18 and a half points, rebounds, and assists in his matchup against the 76ers and JoJo Embiid. Two main points for me, dude. He's got to play against JoJo, so he's got to play. And he's gone over in five of his last six versus Embiid uh, in, in a couple matchups where he was on the Spurs, a couple matchups where he's on the Raptors. And that includes when he was on the Raptors, then went to the Spurs, then went back to the Raptors. So plenty of uh, experience playing in a Raptors uniform in Toronto or away, whatever. But his, la his uh, three games last season that he played against him, he played two of them in, uh, as a Spur and one of them as a Raptor. 14.5 points, 11 boards. That already gets you over 19 PRA. He also had 3.5 assists, and that's all in 28 minutes. So actually really efficient for him uh, with a really nice PER at his 28-minute-per-game clip there. But those 28 minutes are just when Joel's in there and then probably roughly five or so that he plays when uh, – that he sits when Joel's, uh, Joel's you know, uh, not on the floor and sometimes when Joel is. But main point is the his minutes just coincide with, with Embiid's, and he's done a pretty good job getting the rebounds. That's the big thing that I just keep coming back to is the double-digit boards for him should really help us get over 19 with the assists and the points combined in this one. Um, I don't love his lack of free throws. He only have just two per game. Doesn't really go at Embiid. It's a lot of baby hooks, as we know, and putbacks when he's able to get to uh, some offensive rebounds. Um, but but I do love the fact that he shoots 71% and gets 11 rebounds per game. That's really what I'm banking on. And the fact that he gets about three assists per game in this type of matchup with all these cutting guards and guys like Pascal Siakam filling the lane uh, against him and, and actually having plus matchups usually on, on their end of the floor uh, when they're on offense, like Pirtle, not really a plus matchup on offense, but get him the ball in the paint, and he's a good passer, and especially on this, uh, like I said, Raptors team with so many great cutting guards and wings. Uh, so the assists help really help out as well. I think that's really what helps me feel comfortable about the 19. I don't think they're giving him enough um, juice for that. I'm putting a full uh, 1.2 units on this one because I really like it. I, I think we're getting some value because he only got 15 points, rebounds, and assists versus Philly at home last week. Average or, uh, and, and he actually averages a little bit more uh, on the road, rather. One more point on the road than at home for what you want to do with that. So the, the 19 for Pirtle. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, 
just to play a little uh, sports psychologist here, Joel Embiid, while he's putting up his numbers, um, looks a little depressed, I think. You know, coming into the season with this for like the second time in three years where he has a running mate just loaf his way out of town. Um, you know, maybe things change now that Harden's gone, but I don't think he's like giving the same effort defensively. I don't think he's like necessarily that locked in. I mean, they... They moved Harden for a total not win now move. Um, you know, they just add a bunch of veterans. Like, you know, the, I don't know what the discussion is. Like, the Sixers, they're like, yeah, we're going to get the three seed and we're going to, like, maybe make it to the semifinals in, in the in the conference. Like, it's just not necessarily like I'm going to be locked in from day one for Embiid. He got his MVP last year. All that is to say, like, I don't think he's, like, going out to dominate Jakob Pertl in November. Um, I think he'll get his numbers on offense, but he'll also allow the opposing center to do his thing. Nate, let's get into your first NBA play prop here for, the, for tonight. It's funny you say we can do things with 50 bucks. Did you see last night somebody hit this Peyton Pritchard three-part parlay yes. in the blowout yes. for a, a thousand to one odds I know on 50 bucks? Yeah, I know him. Yeah, his, <laughs> na- his name is Eric Stone. Stoned betting. Uh, I, I shout him out because he keeps he keeps hitting stuff like that. He's a hilarious dude, uh, like a college grad basically. But keep keep it up, Eric Stone. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> what a charmed life, my friend. Uh, but yeah, we are looking at a little more conservative of the same game parlay for the Sixers game. Uh, I talked about it in the best bets getting getting some Raptors in there, but this is all just Sixers. It's just Maxi twenty five and B twenty five and eight rebounds for two to one odds. Um, and it's very clearly. These two guys doing the bulk of the damage. Maxi has a 26% usage rate this year. And B leading the NBA once again with 37.5% usage rate. And the Raptors, despite all their size, are not really able to stop him. He averages 27.5, 9.5 the last two seasons against these Raps. Um, and the boards go way up at home. 11.5 boards at home versus 9.5 overall. The Raptors are on a back-to-back here, so their shooting goes down naturally. Their, their opponent's rebounds go up. The Sixers are playing at a higher pace, so rebounds should, again, go up. And Maxi is the guy pushing that pace. He's he's too quick for these Raptors guards, uh, has been in, in past seasons as well. I mean, you'd think maybe Dennis Schroeder is a better matchup for him, but in the first matchup this year, 34 points in 41 minutes on a game-high uh, plus 10 rating there. It's basically just you know keys to the offense without Harden. And, and last year... We saw that. I mean, he averaged 25 a game with a usage rate that went up 6% when Harden was out. And now he's just added things to his game. He's just he's just an incredible offensive player. And it's just with the rest advantage the Sixers have here, having not played since Sunday while the Raptors are on a back-to-back, a, a fast guy like Maxi should should be able to, to run all over the court. He's so fast and he's so quick. Uh, and it's, it's such a change of pace from James Harden. So I, I'm com- – completely backing you there. I, I like the idea of points in this one. I mentioned that in the best bets video that I'm taking over 214 and a half. Just saw it go to 221. Still think the the Raptors are going to have to get out and, and try to fast break uh, and just keep that pace going for guys like Maxi and Embiid will eat like 25 points for Embiid in a game versus the rap show. I'm totally with. So uh, let me move on to the first pick I got here, which is KD assists. And you can get that at Plus Money everywhere. If you can get a Bet365 account, it's Plus120. I also like the idea of pairing his assists with a Nurk rebound prop. I think it's a really good opportunity for Nurk to be able to move around guys. Like if Wemby happens to be on him, just move him around. If Zach Collins is on him, 
completely move him around. Probably did that every day at practice when they were both on the Trailblazers together. And he'll keep doing it here with Lil Bro on his hip, which is why he got 12 boards in the last game. The boards were the thing that almost screwed me on taking him for a double-double last game. But I think it's going to be more of the same. I don't know why it would change um, uh, in, in this one with this exact same lineups in there. Like his ability to get rebounds, he had seven in the first half. So I, I would say the Kevin Durant over five and a half assists for plus money is a good bet as long as Booker doesn't play. The thing is, is Booker doesn't have props up. He's still questionable. I think I'd say my guess is it's 50-50 if he does or doesn't play right now, leaning towards like he might not even play if the books don't even have things up for him. They usually know something somewhat in advance. But either way, like if Book does play, you can still get assume that KD might be good for three to four assists, right? So because I like Nurk rebounds and, and KD um, assists so much, I'm, I would throw a prop in there of like KD – if you want to guarantee yourself it, I say three assists with or without book is like a good, really good bet for KD. Four assists with book is a little bit dicey. Without him, I think it's a great bet. So I'll just middle it. Take the four assists for, for KD. Add that to the, the Nurkic eight, eight, eight plus boards. You could even just take it at nine plus boards. However you want to get that juice. It's plus 115 for Nurk with eight, bo- uh, eight boards. Plus uh, 119 with Nurk. Uh, I'm sorry, plus 145 if you want to take Nurk for nine boards. So all of that said, like, like I said, this is heavily predicated on, on book not playing for Katie's assists. If you want to just take the straight bet for him at over five and a half, which I still think is a good one. In, in the last two games, we haven't had book seven assists for KD. A, a, most of the ball handling, uh, honestly, only really shooting when he needed to and might didn't really need to until things were getting crazy down the stretch in the last Spurs game. Um, but we're not even going to really worry about trying to take them to win in this one. The Spurs do allow the 10th most assists per game so far this season. It was also a problem for them last season switching and and as a young team is always going to be a little bit difficult as you see pop like coaching them right with like dramatically with his uh, uh with his motions and like showing them how to play defense in between timeouts because this team's still trying to figure all that out so they're a good bet for for being get, getting lost in rotations uh and KD getting some assists as a result I think Katie gets five assists, even if Devin Booker plays like I think he still has so many ball handling responsibilities on this point guard list team um, the Spurs not disciplined defensively. It, it seems like Book, yeah, maybe he does sit out because they're on the road for a back-to-back this weekend at Philly, at Detroit. They need him for at least one of those games, probably at Philly. Um, and, and Nurk for the rebounds, I think, you know, he probably gets to eight in the first half. Um, given this, the Spurs, yeah. I don't think the shot quality chart was very endearing for the Spurs last game. I think they kind of lucked their way into that second-half comeback. The, the Suns should stamp it down, you know, in this immediate rematch, and that should present more rebounding opportunities. Uh, pick two for oh, me yeah. is Milo Paolo night. Uh, Paolo Banquero over 16 and a half points is minus 104 at FanDuel, much better price than you get other places. And you can go up to 20 points if you'd like for plus 195. I put maybe a quarter unit on that if you want to really bank on the breakout game here. Because through four, he's had a slow start, for sure. His usage rate is down 5%, while Franz Wagner's is up 5% this season. Uh, Franz has been great, but Paolo's free throw rate is up. His adjusted free throw rate is up, and that is where the, the Jazz have been vulnerable going back to last season. Um, you know, This season, they're allowing the six most free throws, and they're dead last in opponent's two-point shooting, despite you know Walker Kessler being that great rim protector last year, maybe... People are figuring him out a little bit. Uh, since the end of last season, the last 30 games, they're allowing the third most points to power forwards. And, and Paolo averaged 20 and a half 
and uh, or 22 and a half against Utah last year. He averaged 20 and a half against the entire Western Conference in 27 games. He averaged 20 and a half on normal rest, which he's back on after that back to back at LA. Um, and then Utah's on a back to back, which in that situation last year, they gave up more free throws and they allowed a higher field goal percentage. So I think Paolo should be able to get physical against Markinen, whoever else, you know, is at that three four spot for Utah um, and, and get his offense going finally. Yeah, uh, I I don't know what to say about Paolo up to this point. I, it's I, second year. It's it's a thing. It, it really is a thing. A lot of times, guys will struggle at the beginning of their second year. They'll come in and and be slow at first. If you're good, like we all think Paolo is very very good and and a future all star in this league, then he'll figure it out at some point in the season. And like next year will be his. Ja Morant third year style thing leap where maybe he's going to win most improved player. But anyway, you get my point. I, I think that there's, there's a moment in time that he's going to just surge above what he's been playing at. And if you want to get ahead of, ahead of it in a good matchup in, in terms of Wendell Carter Jr. Also, like if you've got Kessler guarding Wendell Carter, you pull him out with a guy who can shoot threes. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr.'s three point prop is like minus 200 for him to hit over half a, a three, right? For him to hit one. So I, I think there's an expectation that he's going to be pulling Kessler away from the basket. Only makes things easier for Paolo to work in that area that he likes uh, on the extended elbow, etc. So OG and Anobi, I'm going back to a points, rebounds, and assist prop for a Toronto Raptor player. If you watch the best bets video, I took Jakob Pertl over 18.5 PRA. I'm also taking OG and Anobi over 18.5 PRA in this one for minus 110. He does this against the, the 76ers for three key reasons that I've got here, basically. OG, I mean, look, he's averaging this against them over his last five games since he turned into the OG that we know and love today, which is roughly about two years ago. Uh, in his last five against this team, we're talking about 17 points per game, four and a half boards, and uh, nearly three assists, which you know gets you well over the 19 PRA that he would need in this one. The 76ers, this is where they're vulnerable. I, I don't know if it has anything to do with P.J. Tucker. He's more of a four. But against specifically small forwards, which is, exact, is exactly where you put OG and Anobi in this offense, is in that small forward, like a very traditional three, as much as you can be um, in terms of being super athletic and being able to shoot to a de decent degree, getting better at that as well from deep. Um, and the 76ers are super vulnerable there. They give up their uh, bottom 10 in a, a points allowed to small forwards. They allow the uh, second most rebounds to small forwards and the third most uh, assists per game to opposing small forwards. So like guys eat on the other team from this position for a very specific reason against this, this um, 76ers defense. It's also because they're not great at getting back in transition. And that's what OG will love to do, especially alongside new point forward Scotty Barnes or whatever you want to call him is get out and transition off of rebounds that either of those two guys get and go. And that's where I think he'll continue to get points and assists and certainly the rebounds on both sides of the ball. So love the, the over 19, uh, 19 or more points, rebounds and assists for OG tonight. Yeah, no problem with it. I think the Raptors should carry some momentum from beating the Bucks last night uh, and be just fine on a back-to-back. -back. I was also looking at Dennis Schroeder. Um, his prop is only like six and a half yeah. assists, despite the fact he's been getting like seven to ten every single night in, in a very defined role as the, as the only, you know, traditional point guard for this team. Um, so, yeah, OG also should should have the ball in his hands, be getting those dimes, and and the pace should be up, like we've been saying over and over with the Sixers uh, in, in the post-Harden era.
Yep. I mean, we have to repeat ourselves when we talk about that game. There's only four games on the on the night, but and the minutes will be there for OG as well. Thirty nine, or I'm sorry, thirty eight per game in his last five against this team as well. So plenty of of opportunity to eat for OG and, and squad. That is all the time that we have for you tonight. For in this one anyway, continue to follow along, like and subscribe to that page if you would. We'll be back uh, each and every weekday this season with you guys. So until we see you next, happy betting. Let's go.